yeah, the Gators, I'm not, I'm not too interested in them. I feel like, like from being from Wisconsin, I feel like I am going to walk out of the woods and I'll see a Gator and I will make the biggest U loop like 50 feet around them. But you're like, oh, I just, you know, kind of just walked on by. They're not going to like well, jump I mean, out and snap you. I gave it like a solid 20 feet. Okay. All right. All right. You made it seem casual. Like you're like, oh no, I stepped over them like logs. I mean, yeah, I mean they're, still, they're still gators, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to just ignore them. You're just like, you, you just you never know eyes. if there's, there might be, yeah, you see their eyes, they glow, they glow in the flashlight, but like, you don't know if there's babies nearby, you don't know how they're going to react. I've had it before where uh, we, we ride like um, fat tire e-bikes to sure. our stand sometimes. Sometimes you go through these like buggy tracks and, and they have a bunch of water in them. And uh, I was riding along and all of a sudden there was a gator sitting in front of me with its mouth open about to rip my front tire off. <laughs> and it would not move. Like I could not get this thing to move. I, I got off my bike and I started like shoving my bike at it to try and scare it away. And it just kept getting more pissed off. And then I eventually just went, you know what? I'm just going to hunt over here. And I turned around and <laughs> just went the other way. And I was like, this tree looks good. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, what i've learned what i've learned with gators is pretty much when you find them on land they're way more aggressive and they're way more likely to stand their ground than they than when you find them in water if they're in deep enough water to swim they're gonna swim away and i've had cases where like if i'm walking down um a little channel through a sawgrass for example um i've come across like six seven foot gators and pretty much if you just go around them you give them like i don't know 10 feet space they're not going to mess with you. But if you come across a gator on land, it's not going to move. It's not like it's going to take off running. It's pretty much holding its ground, and you have yeah. to make your way around it. So if it's over the trail and it's on the trail and it didn't leave when you got there, yeah, you, you need to find a way around it. <laughs> it ain't going to move. Got it. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. All right. Well, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. As you can probably guess, we're talking to a couple of boys from Florida today. Uh, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Um, yeah. So we're uh, we're Swamp and Stomp. We run a YouTube channel. It's all about hunting public land in Florida. I'm Mark, and uh, this is Danny over here. And uh, yeah, Danny's been hunting his whole life. I've just been hunting like seven years, and uh we just started hunting together and it's it's been awesome we just started the youtube channel and and people just been super supportive so nice it's kind of how we ended up here yeah and i and i florida is so always so interesting to me i mean we just connected through instagram but florida's always been interesting to me in the sense because your seasons are like it opens pretty early right well it opens right. you can open super early yeah right at the end of july it starts up yeah Okay. Yeah. So essentially you've already been, yeah, you've been able to hunt for a whole month already and doesn't, and it changes throughout the state, right. On where, when it opens. Yeah. Yeah. Significantly. I mean, you have parts of the state that open up all the way in like, what is it? March, December. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, zone B, I think it starts in like late October, but I mean, some of the seasons, like the earliest season will finish in December and, and the latest season finishes in like March. Yeah. And it also depends if you're hunting public, private or quotas. So like complicated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to know the regs. 
Yeah, really, you, really, you really have to you have to get a PhD in in uh, hunting regulations to hunt in Florida. Nice. Yeah. And they all have their own different laws. You know, they have their own re- different rules. You know, some parts of the state you can shoot uh, two on one side um, and ten inches, or some other parts it's three on one side. That's it. You have to have at least three, and then then there's other parts of the state where they'll do three on one side plus t- four ten inches. So you can basically shoot a 10 inch spike. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's all very different on the, on the panhandle in a lot of those places, basically only three on one side. So it can get confusing right. if you come from the Southern part of the state, you think, Oh, you know, it's only 10 inches. That's not the case over there. You know, it has to have that three. So you get really got to pay attention to the regs when you come down to Florida. Yeah. Okay. Not, not to discourage people, but like <laughs> you just, you know wherever you're going to hunt just read the regulations it's yeah it's, it's not that hard but it does change uh from yeah. area to area but is yeah and it is like you mentioned right before we hopped on was it's only like 50 bucks for an out-of-state license i think so, it's 750 for so. yeah 4750 so it's not even it's not that expensive so it's a good like it's a good late season you know like a january february something like that or even super early when you super early. die of heat exhaustion <laughs> i mean that but the funny thing is even though you know it's hot and and like it's definitely type two fun it's uh it's it's pretty grueling but it's so rewarding if it if it pays off and uh yeah. you, you know the cool thing is though that if you come down to south florida and you hunt that early august like we're in the the heat of the rut and you know depending <laughs> depending where you are like i mean the bucks are going crazy that is, um, yeah so you know if people especially i've always said this i feel like the uh the florida whitetail is in a lot of ways is a lot like the the coos uh the coos deer over in in mexico and stuff you know it's it's hot and, and it's just a grueling uh experience but uh, you know, the deer are small, they're hard to find, it's tough hunting. Um, and I don't really understand why coos deer has become so popular and yet Florida hasn't. So uh, if yeah. people are interested in giving it a try, you know, our YouTube channel is, you know, not to brag, but I think it's probably the best resource there is right now to, uh, to learn how to go about hunting in Florida. All right. No, that's definitely not, uh, it's a great point. It's a great, uh, what do I want to say? Shameless plug. It's a great shameless plug. Um, yeah. And I want to get back to that rut thing, but for everybody listening, we're going to talk about uh, two things today, which is kind of hunting in Florida and the swamps, but then Mark and Dan are heading up to Wisconsin actually um, later in the year to hunt. And we're going to talk about looking at some pieces of public in Wisconsin and how we're going to break those apart and what their plan is and all that kind of stuff. So if you're in a position this year where you know, you lost some private, um, and you, you're starting to hunt some public ground, or you're just wanting to hunt more public ground, or you moved and you got to hunt new public ground like this, this will be a good podcast. And then we're going to go through the, the Florida stuff first. And then we'll probably, that'll be like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, something like that. And then we'll pop on over to, to the stuff up North and in, in Wisconsin. So I just want to lay out that preview for everyone listening. That's what we're, that's the plan today. I always like, I always like the previews when I listen to podcasts, cause I want to know what's, what's coming. And we might, we might totally turn down a rabbit hole and not even talk about any of that. 
but that's the plan. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, okay. The rut in August, that's wild. That's not so yeah. Explain that. Tell me about that. You can totally go and hunt from July to February and uh, yeah, pretty much. I think our, our season is in February. Um, you can go the whole season and only hunt rut. What? You can follow that rut throughout the state. And his his face is like, it's, it's wild. <laughs> I'm telling you, you can see rutting activity all the way through um, November and December easily. And, and just you can follow okay. throughout the state. As as a matter of fact, I think in in some parts of the of the state in Zone B, they'll be rutting in pretty close to uh, um, like January. It's it's even later, it's, I think. Even um, yeah, I've I've never cool. actually hunted Zone B, so. I'm sure there's somebody listening right now that's like, that's not true, but I know, I know it happens late. The, the funny thing about the rut in Florida is that it doesn't have as much to do uh, with the winter um, like it does in other places. It has a lot more to do with water levels because the water levels are one of the factors that really affects the, uh, the success of raising uh, fawns. Um, And, and that changes throughout the state. Um, And so you can, if you look at a map, a map of peak rut times, which uh, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission, they they provide that. If you look at the peak rut times throughout the state, it's like, it looks ridiculous. It's all over the place. <laughs> and it, you would think that it's like latitudinal, like it starts early down south and moves yeah, up. Yeah. And for the most part, that's true. But there's definitely some weird, uh, some weird dates thrown in there. And just certain populations and certain habitats, they just respond differently to, uh, to you know, whatever factors uh, are affecting, uh, you know, their successful right. ability to raise young. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we hunted uh, the first weekend of August and had awesome rut activity. Uh, we actually just dropped a video of, uh, of me rattling in a big buck, which was awesome. Um, and, and people say rattling doesn't really work in Florida, but uh, <laughs> here you are doing it. I mean, <laughs> I'll be right. honest. It was like the first time I really ever tried it and it, it worked like a charm. Um, you know, we saw a ton of rutting activity at the beginning of August, but just this a, a weekend ago, uh, you know, uh, the rut was just getting started in a different WMA that we hunted and Danny had all kinds of chasing going on uh, and he ended up shooting a buck. So, you know, and, and, and then there's another area that we hunt that we'll be going up to in about a month uh, or no, like five or six weeks. And when we get there, that rut's going to just start kicking off. Um, yeah. So, and probably 190 <laughs> miles North, you know, yeah. so it's like, <laughs> they're not very far apart, you know? Dang. Yeah. That's, that's nuts. So, okay. So Dan already killed one this year. Yeah. All right. I'm let's let's hear it. let's let's hear about that. So pretty much, uh, um, yeah. I mean, like I like you said, you know, I had rutting activity going on all around me. As soon as first light came up, I had a buck chasing the doe right behind me. It was a little buck, and then um, shortly after that, I I saw maybe three or four does running off to the right, and then there was a buck after them, um, and then. I had another buck come across a little uh, little crossing there that pretty much a lot of deers that end up crossing there. 
I saw him. I saw him just on the other side with his nose to the ground, just going back and forth, back and forth. Did a couple grunts, and the video hasn't come out yet, so I don't want to give away too much. But uh, yeah, it'll come out before he drops this. You're gonna. Have to I'm posting this on September. Uh, I think it'd be like fifth or sixth, seventh. You got you got five days to edit it together, Danny. <laughs> Put it together, Danny. I want to hear about it. <laughs> so yeah, he ended up coming across this way, and then. Um, shortly after, I had this buck come out. And, uh, he was a shooter. He, he's no giant like what you got behind you. Your very first buck. <laughs> but um, you know, he, he's definitely uh, he's, he's in the game. We got him in, and uh, it, it worked out. You know, yeah. and it, it's really weird here in Florida. Like, so I had a buddy of mine, maybe I want to say 200 yards away from me, and he saw squat. As a matter of fact, hmm. I had a guy that he didn't know um, that I was already set up there, and he set up 120 yards in front of me. Um, I could see him the whole time, and he saw nothing. You know, so it's it's there's like pockets of deers. We have a buddy of mine, another buddy that he wasn't hunting in our group. He kind of was, but he was like um, like coordinating with us, and he was what would you say, Mark? Like 200 yards. Uh, yeah, three three maybe 400 yards away, and. And he and was actually down – he was down in the direction where the bucks were coming from, basically. Yeah. And he didn't see anything. I mean, he saw like a hog. I was three, 400 yards in the other direction. I didn't see anything. So, I mean, what it really comes down to is, you know, in Florida, the deer densities are relatively low. Um, and by relatively, I mean low. Where you have – I don't know. I don't know the numbers, but you have a whole lot of deer in a small area. It's not like that here. No. Uh, there I are mean, places. There, there are definitely places where there's a lot of deer in Florida, but for the most part, the densities are low. And so when you get into this rut period, if there's a hot doe somewhere, there's a really good chance that there's just going to be like all the bucks. All the bucks, <laughs> all the bucks from that whole area are going to just be there all chasing them. that doe around because keep in mind that not all the does are going into estrus at the same time yeah right. because the ruts all over the place so yeah. so when when one's yeah. in estrus yeah. the bucks are all over her and then like a week or two later some other doe goes in into heat and they're like i don't want her anymore i'm going after this one <laughs> so it's even crazier you can have that going on right next to you and you'll have a spotted fawn walk right by you <laughs> it'll just like <laughs> You have the running going off to your right. And you have a spotted pond just clearly right across, right across you. Hell, you can have <laughs> you can have a doe that's, you know, tending a spotted pond being chased. Yeah, it's, that's it's crazy. Yeah, but you so, know, I, I was I was just gonna say, you know, if you're gonna hunt in Florida, like it, that kind of stuff, like really, uh, you know, emphasizes how important it is to do in season scouting because, you know if they're chasing does around and you go sit in a spot that used to be really good, but there's not a hot doe there, then you're probably not going to see much. So you just got to go yeah. look for hot sign. Um, you know, Danny's cousin did exactly that. He went out the day before opening day, scouted his ass off and, uh, you know, found really good signs, sat on it. First light shot a real nice buck. So yep. yeah. that's pretty nice. That's how it's supposed to work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, okay, you're, you're hunting a swamp and I have a couple questions. Okay. 
what is your swamps are different than our swamps so can you describe what a, a swamp is in florida all right mark it <laughs> i en i envision anacondas and gators and pythons uh, and yeah yeah that pretty <laughs> is much that a, is that, that it? pretty much that pretty much covers it. no <laughs> i, no, I mean <laughs> I, i'm gonna i'm gonna start with the warnings um so that if anybody is thinking about coming to florida they kind of know what they're getting into and then i'm gonna you know put in the silver lining right. um, so the warnings are that it is hot incredibly hot um you know sometimes you're sitting in your stand uh or hanging from your saddle and it's 95 degrees out and uh 100 humidity and you're looking at a heat heat index of like 110 degrees it is hot you can forget about scent control <laughs> if if they are if they're downwind and your your scent column hits them they're gonna they're gonna they're either gonna smell you or they're not paying attention and that's all there is to it uh you can forget about you know spraying down and and trying to mask your scent it just doesn't work here you're gonna be drenched in sweat when you get to the top of your tree that's just the way it is uh, when you do get to the top of your tree, there's going to be a swarm of mosquitoes that's going to try and carry you out of your tree. Um, luckily, there is thermocells and, uh, and, and bug spray to handle those. Um, that's all when you're at your tree. When you're walking to your tree, you have to hopscotch over alligators, uh, snakes, and things like that. Um, but that said, you know, if you spend a lot of time in the woods like we do, you'll run into that stuff occasionally. I think most people can probably get away with never running into it if they don't spend a ton of time in the woods. Um, you know, these are all things to to think about. If in certain areas of, of South Florida too, you you've got the Florida panther, um, you've got Florida black bears, uh, and they can be pretty uh, they can be pretty dense population of, of those. Um, so these are all things to think about when you go hunting in Florida. That said, we don't really run into issues with those things very often. And all of that misery makes the, the moments that are positive, just wonderful. Like the simplest things, like a little breeze that hits you <laughs> when you're drenched in sweat, it's like the best feeling in the world. And when you go through all of that, and a buck walks out and it, it it might be the only deer that you see in a day it might you know be just one deer walks by and it's a buck and everything comes together and you shoot it it's like it's the most fantastic thing in the world and, and as as hard as it is i think danny can agree like we love hunting other states but there's there's nothing quite like florida you know yeah uh, and, and i love it <laughs> yeah I love it, but I mean, you know, we, we like to go to a different state every year because it's just, you know, nice to experience something different, but yeah, but that's pretty much uh, hunting Florida in a nutshell, especially in the early season. Later on, it cools down, but. Uh, okay. So then and yeah. you're, you're getting into um, swamps. I mean, you know, Wisconsin Midwest boy, like uh, we have a lot of ag fields up here. Um, yeah. You do have swamps, but we have like Oak islands and Oak patches um, that rise out, out of the swamps and we have some high ground and all that. Is that, I mean, and then cattails are pretty much covering everything else and, and real tall grass. And it's kind of like mushy, soggy, tall grass. 
is that similar to what you guys are at or are you guys is there other there's there's definitely parallels there um but there's there's a lot more elevation in wisconsin and even though it's like swampy and flat like you can still have you know hills and ridges Mm -hmm. sort of mixed in with those oak those oak hammocks that are kind of you know like going through those those swamps we have oak hammocks here but you're talking about uh inches of elevation uh different between the marshes so like you know the marshes are going to be your deeper habitat it's going to be just grassy stuff and and it's going to be pretty deep in there um we have what's called the ridge and slough habitat and that can be you know up to six feet deep it's usually like two or three um people do hunt that stuff but it's 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 kind of a airboating uh terrain mm. so people go out on airboats and uh and hunt uh that we haven't really had the uh the fortune of doing that uh but most of the habitat that we focus on is going to be shallower uh you know maybe a foot deep sometimes two feet deep when we got to cross a pond or something like that we hunt a lot of pine flats that are just again just a few inches of elevation over uh some of these really marshy habitats um so in a nutshell know that the marshes are not uh the same at all but there is you know sort of wooded terrain sort of dispersed through it just like you would find over there so then yeah so then chasing like essentially chasing the rut do you well do you guys chase it across the state or no do you guys mainly stick to your home area no we chase it we we definitely move around we're mostly bow hunters so what we'll do is basically um we'll chase archery season throughout so we'll, we'll follow archery opener from the south all the way up through the northern states once it gets starts doing you know so once the those archery openers start getting further like once you get into the panhandle where they open it like december we'll start coming back south and do muzzleloader general gun and so on and so forth and then by the time general gun is you know midway through we start hitting the panhandle and then we hit you know archery opener in the panhandle gotcha and and going okay. back to the swamp thing, you know, if you wanted to hunt only dry land, you could. You know, mm-hmm. it's possible in Florida. Yeah, you're going to cross some creeks, and you're going to have to cross uh, some sort of uh, water. But if you wanted to stay mostly dry, we do have um, oak hammocks. We have, uh, you know, palmetto flats and pine flats that stay pretty much dry the whole time. Um, and you you will have to cross little creeks or maybe little channels of water but and it's you don't have to be deep in water all the time um, there are places if you are we're okay with water you can stay you know waist deep almost the whole time so then so then why do you guys prefer the the kind of swamp areas rather than the flat because other people don't <laughs> okay yeah because less pressure right less i mean the, yeah. the crazier it is to get somewhere the less people are going to do it yeah and i yeah yeah. so i and that was kind of a loaded question because i kind of knew the answer to that but the the other thing that i always like to think about too is um a lot of times those swamps when when you are in the rut if you're chasing the rut the deer would rather run that high ground than run the run the swamp so they'll stick on that high ground and that'll kind of be your highway right you just yeah they 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 really they really like to run the edges especially yeah like where, you know, let's say there's a pond and out in the middle of the pond, it's like two or three feet deep. 
um, on the edges, it's only like six inches and there'll be like a pine flat or something on, on the outside of it. And they'll run that edge where, you know, there's still water, but not a lot. Cause they, I, I, I obviously don't know why they like it, but I think, you know, it's just cause it's more open and they can see predators coming a little bit better. Uh, they can see other deer a little bit better. Um, but they will yeah, get up yeah. on that dry ground and run through there as well. I mean, it's that's, where you find rugs. that's where you find a lot of rugs and actually you find a lot of scrapes as well, you know, on the edge of those ponds and then pretty, pretty much on the edge of any like flag pond or even the cypress stones that are full of water, you'll find a load of rugs next to those. And it's almost like um, they use those areas as their little calling cards to yeah, yeah. and all that. No, I could, yeah, I could certainly, certainly see that. And that's very, very similar, uh, you know, across the country, like whitetails, like I, re I remember reading a magazine article forever ago and it was the creature of the edge, right? Yeah. And it's always, it's always changing terrain, you know, change in elevation, change in terrain, change in vegetation, you know, anything like that, like that's where they like to be. It's so like, like you're saying, I mean, if you have a pine flat and it's you know 10 acres don't sit your ass right in the middle find the edge that's the hottest yeah. edge and go sit over there right and they find the edge of day and night you know that What's game that? time is like right at right at a, a golden hour and right at the blue hour yeah <laughs> edge of the find... day edge of the forest edge of everything. <laughs> do you guys find that uh that the deer will come out of those swamps. Like they'll, they'll tuck in there and find a little bit of high ground and, and bed in there for the day and then come out. Or are they trying to kind of staying on the high ground? Like the, the main, the main runways, the pine flats and all that. It really depends where in the state you okay. are. They behave very differently depending on uh, where it is. I think um, the, the predator populations have a lot to do with that. Okay. Danny has some cool experiences that, that he can talk about, but but definitely Southwest Florida, we tend to see a lot of deer that like bed in the water. Um, and there's really? a lot of, That's there's easy. a lot. Yeah. They lay in the water with just their head sticking out. He, he shot a really nice buck. He'll tell you about it in a second. Um, <laughs> but uh, That's wild. But like in that area, there's a ton of panthers and bears. And I think when they're out in the water like that, they can just see them coming so much better. And, you know, if you've ever been on, you know, if you've ever been on a, like a bass fishing boat or something and there's like a boat 100 yards over, uh, you can hear the people in that boat talking. Right. Because it, it like bounces off the water. And so I think when they're just laying in the water like that, they can hear really well. They can see really well. So Southwest Florida, we tend to see that a lot. Um, then other parts of the state, they're staying dry. You know, Danny, tell them about Bruiser because that's a really cool story. It kind of depicts all this. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much uh, in this particular area that I was hunting, it, the deers tend to like staying right at, inside the, the flag ponds. And any cameras that we put up or any kind of scouting that we did in any dry areas, we found nothing. Now, the cameras that I had next to water or pretty much out in the open on these flag ponds picked up all kinds of activity. And uh, I ended up sitting on uh, a, a pinch point. So you have these two flag ponds, if I can kind of demonstrate this. You have two flag ponds, and then this flag pond over here is huge. It has a small pine island over here. And then the two flag ponds where they come together, it, cre it created like a figure eight. And then they okay. kind of came together, and it was a small pinch point. There was land on this side and land like on this. 
land on the top and land on the bottom. And there was a small um, pinch point here. Well, on, I ended up sitting right in the middle there. Okay. And on the left-hand side, um, the following the, the first sit, I ended up seeing each and every buck that I got on camera, and there was a total of seven of them. I saw all seven bucks that morning. Uh, they were sparring in that pond. Um, they were laying down. They were doing all kinds of crazy stuff in that pond. And they were at least, Mark walked, by, walked through it a couple, or uh, actually that was the following season, I that was the following season, yeah. yeah. But I was, but I was like, like deep. I was like almost <laughs> to my nipples. Yeah. So <laughs> it was a deep pond. Um, anyway, Bruiser, uh, earlier in the morning, I ended up seeing him bedded down with just his head sticking up, and he was at least two feet of water. Uh, my cousin and I actually walked that spot the day before to find a spot for him, and he ended up setting up. Um, Bruiser ended up bedding down under a like a myrtle tree, and all I could see was his head sticking up. I'll send you the pictures on if you can put it in the in the podcast. Or yeah, something. that's freaking but awesome. That's crazy. Ended up walking right in front of me, like forty yards away, and the whole time he was walking in water. He had plenty of opportunities to get his feet dry, but he totally avoided. Um, he avoided the the land, and he just. It, I'm telling you, those bucks. In a couple of years, they're going to have wet feet. <laughs> That's wild. You would think, yeah. it'd like, you know, I mean, we stay in the shower too long and we prune up, right? Yeah. You'd think, like, something would be going on with their body if they're in the water too long, but apparently not. Well, well, who's, who's, we do who's like, yeah. And, and in Holy Land, for example, that's one of the – I'm sorry I'm name-dropping, but <laughs> one of the management areas – Can't hunt it anyway. <laughs> yeah, they keep closing it down because of high water. But one of the management areas, um, they closed down because – the deers will actually stay on. They end up getting on the levees and such. Well, their hooves rot. And I've, I've taken a lot of deers there. As a matter of fact, I grew up hunting this place. And a lot of the deers, would, um, we would harvest them. Their hooves would have like an inch, inch and a half, maybe two inch hole, right? It, was, it would just look like a worm made a, a drill mark inside the hoof. And it's called hoof rot. And it's like the, in the meat and in their, their actual nail. Of their hoof, it'll just be like a hole. So I guess it gets pretty bad where their hoofs break off and stuff. It gets it gets pretty nasty. Dang, and that's so just from that's being wet. that's what happens when they can't get out of the water, like ever. Um, yeah. So they, I mean, they do get out of the water, but uh, you know, I think in certain areas they just try and spend as much time in the water as they can because it feels safer there. And and just to give the listeners an idea of what we're talking about, because I, I feel like a lot of people probably don't know what. A myrtle tree. Do you, do you guys have myrtles up north? I don't think so. Not that right? I know of. So it's basically like it's kind of like a willow, like a little willow okay. bush that you might find in. Uh, what do you guys call that habitat? The um, all that gra- all that grassy stuff. CRP. That's the one. Yeah, we just <laughs> we just call it a marsh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it it looks a lot like uh, kind of like that, but in that CRP stuff that you guys have, the grass is like, it's a lot denser. Um, and like, I don't know. I just remember walking through that stuff is like a nightmare. Sometimes if you, if you're not following a trail, it's like, like sticks to your, like gets wrapped around your feet and it's like going in every direction. And there's no like easy trail to follow. Uh, whereas our marshes tend to be 
uh, you know, like, like grassy, but it's like supported by so much water that it stays upright. And so it's like easier to walk through. And I feel like all that CRP stuff's kind of just falling in on itself and <laughs> creates like this entangled web. That's it's, just like it can be, a, yeah, it can be a night, a bear. Like, I mean, I get why the deer like it so much because it's not easy to walk through for us. Yeah. For them, it's like a breeze. Yeah, so. they just scoot through that stuff. Okay, no, that makes sense. But that's that's wild that they're living essentially in the water to escape predators. Like, I mean, I've never heard of that at all in Wisconsin. They're aquatic in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Even when we went in Kentucky, you know, I was really surprised to see we, we were seeing consistently deers in the water. Um, there was one spot that we drove by. There was like three does just hanging out in this marsh, and it, it was like full of duckweed, and they were just munching out in there. And uh, we actually have a video on our scouting on our scouting video in Kentucky that doe came down. She got in the water and she was like dunking her head, drinking, like eating eating uh, the vegetation and stuff. Huh. So it doesn't. It's not only Florida. Seems like. Yeah. <laughs> I think. So, I, I think maybe it's just. Like that's something that we look for because we're used to that. So yeah, we go to other states. And we're like, hey, you know what? We like hunting water. Let's go find water. And maybe people <laughs> in other states are like, we don't need to hunt water. There's deer everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that could. I mean, yeah, that could be true. But one of my buddies always says, "You call your life to you," and he's like, and so for him, he would be saying like, "You guys are looking for that, so there it is." Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, still though, in Wisconsin, you have a ton of those uh, those cattail marshes, and and I mean, if you yeah, there's certain anybody who's listened to Dan Infol knows that like that's where the big bucks are. They're all <laughs> in the cattails, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, and it's funny because um, yeah, I don't know if we're ready to to switch gears yet. I still have a so I yeah I want to I want to touch on that, but I also want to um wrap wrap up the florida stuff so chasing the rut across the state i mean be sure to check water right because that seems to be a great a great opportunity um yeah. and then are you guys just finding finding a tree on the edge of that water where you can see it all and then kind of popping up to to see what you see and then move in after that or are you guys just diving in right away dan you mentioned cameras it's all That's the above all and you know there's so okay. many it's so different across the state, you know, like Mark was mentioning down in the Southwest portion of the state uh, where I was talking about the water, that, that particular area has a couple management areas around there and you would hunt those a specific way. Now, as soon as you go just a little bit North, you're going to hunt very differently. As a matter of fact, in central Florida, Mark and I have on an area that we're not hunting anywhere near water. Yeah. There's creeks on both sides, but we're not hunting over a pond or anything like that. You know, I mean, there's creeks, like there's creeks throughout, there's creeks throughout this whole area. And we're kind of yeah, like, but it's not know. like we're not hunting a flag pond or anything like that. You know, it's, I guess, I guess in that spot, there is, there is that Oak. And I'm not going to say too much about it. Cause somebody's going to be like, I know that spot. I'm going there. But there's, <laughs> there's like, there's some Oaks somewhere in there. And it, there's basically like a marsh, like a swamp sort of, marshy things remember we walk we walk through that marshy area to get there so there is some water i mean in florida you basically never really get away from water but, <laughs> yeah, but i'm talking about um, like a dominant water area yeah, no but i mean for the most part where we see the deer is not 
in the water there we mostly see them like we're actually sitting over water but the deer we're seeing are usually in this like thick like uh palmetto-y stuff lots of lots of forage there's like lots of berries growing in there and it's it's high and dry and they're usually the does are just kind of munching out in there um you know and when we hunt areas like that you know it's it's just kind of like we find some of these uh you know these pinch points where you can see a lot of tracks and it's like all right well there's a lot of deer hanging out in this general area let's get a mile high in one of these pine trees and see what we can see and you know we we got in on this area last year and the first time we went in uh you know danny spotted a buck from a couple hundred yards out and uh i took a walk over there and it was like yeah there's a ton of trails here uh and, and there's a couple rubs let's let's move closer and we moved closer uh that afternoon and had a freaking stud come in chasing a doe right there where he had seen the other buck and you know, as, as fate would have it, that buck hung up at like 45, 50 yards and he couldn't take a shot. The doe caught something. She saw something and she had us pinned and, uh, the buck was oblivious, but he couldn't draw cause she was staring at us. And, uh, and then the next day we were like, we got to move a little further that way. Cause they were 50 yards over there. And we moved, over, we moved over to that tree and as fate would have it, a completely different giant buck comes walking right under the tree that we were in the, the day before. Uh, so, you know, but, but that's a perfect example of us, like, you know, just spot, like spotting action and moving in on it, which yeah. is something we like to do a lot of times, you know, we'll use the cameras to kind of figure out who's in the area, like, uh, you know, how many bucks are in the general area and then, from there, you know, I, I personally, and, and Danny might have other thoughts on this, but I think he agrees. I personally find it to be uh, kind of like putting all your eggs in one basket. If you, you know, find a, a really nice trail that's got a lot of tracks on it and just you're like, all right, I'm going to go sit on this. Then it's like either, either a buck walks by or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, you still don't know anything more about that area. Right. Whereas if you go sit in a spot where you can see a long ways, you can see lots of different trails. You might, you know, you might not be on the X where you can actually kill one, but uh, you're more likely to see something moving. And that gives you more information about the area that kind of allows you to hone in right. on it. So we do like to use that tactic quite a bit. And we kept doing that in that area. And I ended up killing a, a real nice buck out there last year in that area where we basically started out trail cameras had some good bucks danny spotted that one we kept moving in i kept bouncing around that area until eventually i caught one slipping so nice okay ah all right so yeah they, i mean they, it's that's the thing it's hard to hone in because you uh, on a specific hunting style because you guys are changing it up in every scenario that you're in which is great um and and i think that's what everyone needs needs to do i, I like the idea of sitting in like essentially observation sits or, or when you're trying to learn a new piece and you don't know what's going on and especially during the rut, you know, moving where they are, you know, I think yeah. a lot of people get stuck on that. And, and it's the old question of, all right, if I move them, are they going to show up here? Or if, while well, I'm in the middle of climbing down, are they all of a sudden going to show up and now I'm stuck? I feel like if, if you're, if you see, you know, a rutting activity, you know, 150 yards away, and you see one buck and then you see two bucks, like 
you better climb climb your ass down that tree and move because yeah. there's probably more in tow mm-hmm. right and especially yeah. like a hot dough burning across the field or something like that we've we've definitely noticed that if you know if there's rut activity going on and there's a, a hot dough in the area other bucks are going to show up it's just a matter of time so yeah. You know, if one comes cruising through there looking for a doe, you know, and he's clearly chasing or, or cruising, there's a good chance that he smelled something that brought him there. And mm-hmm. and another one's probably going to smell it too. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And so then, I mean, when you guys, so shifting gears a little bit, when you guys, was there anything else that you guys wanted to mention about Florida? Because I was going to shift gears to Wisconsin. Um. This is not a very smooth transition. It's pretty good. You know, just stay, uh, stay fluid and be ready to uh, switch up tactics. Not any, not every part of the state is the same. You know, there's parts of the panhandle that we hunt very differently from what we hunt in south, down to the south. I guess just so. be adaptable and, uh, and, and just do things differently from other people. See what other people are doing and then just do the opposite. <laughs> unless they're you then just follow you around yeah well no i mean <laughs> the thing is like if if i do the same thing over and over again that's my own fault you know like right if if i do the same thing over and over again and i get you know the same result which is not a dead deer then that's just silly um yeah. you know i keep switching it up you know i try at least i try to i try to keep switching it up and and moving around until you figure out what works and a lot of other people tend to get in these patterns and the deer figure that out way faster than we figure them out. So I think your chances of catching one just totally unaware is a lot higher if you move around and you, and you yeah. keep changing up your tactics. And you said there was a map on the Florida, like wildlife. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, my if that? you look up, if you Google like Florida rut, dates or something you'll probably find it okay because i would yeah i mean if if anybody's looking to hunt florida or you're going down to florida for a vacation and you want to throw in a couple you want to throw your bow in the car i would look that up and then go to that area of the state yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, you google, if you google myfwc.com or just put it in your search um there you'll go ahead and see all of the all of the stuff there and then it's pretty it's a pretty easy website snapgate you know there's things to do and then you click on hunting and you can scroll through there and figure it out got it okay awesome so switching gears to wisconsin you guys give me mark give me the backstory on wisconsin i know i know it but give it for the listeners okay so the back the backstory was basically uh a few years ago i think it was like three years ago now danny was talking about doing an out-of-state hunt and he he ended up going to kentucky um and and i really wanted to go and that didn't really work out he just kind of picked a weekend and went so the me and a buddy were like we gotta do an out-of-state hunt too but we're poor graduate students so let's find the cheapest place to go hunt that's like in the midwest and (laughs) wisconsin was it it was 80 bucks to get a license and i was like heck yeah (laughs) let's do that it's wisconsin there's giant deer over there um so i i literally just went onto the dnr website and looked up uh they have like a map of like deer densities 
And I was like, let's just pick the county that has the highest deer density. That seems like a good bet. <laughs> and I think it was like, uh, I forget what county Shawano is in, um, but it was it was around there. Uh, and it, just Pretty like sure a strip, it's just like a strip of of counties coming off of Green Bay. Like it's kind of just like a, a strip going across the state. And the further away you get from it, the like lower the density gets. And I was like, let's go right there. You know, and I, I just looked at the map and I was like, all right, well, if we go to this spot, there's like three or four different public land pieces that we could have access to. So let's go. And me and my buddy went and we had no clue what we were doing. We just kind of went in blind. Uh, it was my first out of state hunt and I uh, walked into an area at first and it was like, holy crap, there's scrapes everywhere. Just, I mean, just every, like I walked down this trail and it was like, there had to be 20 scrapes in, in like 50 yards. <laughs> and I was like, this is insane. Like we don't really see scrapes that much in Florida. So, you know, obviously I was like, screw it. I'm hanging a stand right here. So I got up in a tree and that first sit little buck, little six point came running by his little basket. And I was like, I didn't come to Wisconsin to shoot a little tiny buck. And, and mind you, this tiny buck was like, you know, like 160 pound, like tiny six point, but you know, in Florida, the average buck's 120 pounds and that's like you know like a two and a half year old buck's like 120 pounds so so here's this like yearling uh (laughs) that's 160 pounds and i'm like i'm not shooting this thing and and then you know next sit that buck came by again another spike came by just a whole bunch of smaller bucks came by i think i passed on like nine different bucks and this whole time i'm like i'm gonna shoot the first doe that i see i never saw one uh which was weird i just saw bucks the whole time yeah. And, uh, and, and when we, where we were hunting, we were kind of focusing on things that we would focus on in Florida. It was like, uh, you know, the edges of marshes, uh, you know, hunting, you know, the, the woods, like right on those edges, um, there was tons of sign and I was like, this will work. And I kept seeing deer. So I just kind of got hung up there. Um, and eventually I was like, you know, we got to find something worth shooting at. Like I keep seeing the same deer over and over again. So, uh, we picked up and just started driving and I found this, this like area that had, uh, I didn't know this was a thing at the time, but apparently the DNR, you know, has like crop fields, uh, something that does not happen in Florida, you know? So I didn't even realize it was like a possibility, but there's like a crop field that is public land. Like you can hunt the crop field. And I was like, this is freaking awesome. <laughs> so we went out there and just kind of did an observation sit and, and during that observation sit, I saw a really nice eight point. Um, and then, and then a freaking, it was like a moose. As far as I was concerned, there was this other eight point that came walking out and I was like, it was sitting next to a farm and I'm kind of looking over this farm. I'm like, Oh, that's weird. I didn't notice that farm at a cow. <laughs> then I, I get my binoculars. And I look at it. I'm like, Holy crap. That cow's got horns. <laughs> and mind you you know coming out of florida like we're used to seeing these tiny deer so the thing looked like a cow to me it looked like a calf um you know but it was it was a giant buck and um and then i got hung up for the last few days just trying to connect with that buck and uh and didn't so i just felt like i needed redemption uh now that i'd kind of figured out a little bit about like where to be looking for for the bigger deer um and, and so now we're heading back, hopefully, to get some sort of redemption. 
yeah that's basically the backstory on on wisconsin and okay danny's never been there but i'm, I'm real excited for him to see it because i loved it i thought it was like such cool habitat and just a really awesome hunt uh in general so i'm real excited to go back and for him to see it too yeah and you guys are coming up late october early november and then you're also coming up early october just to, to, scout. to scout and and to bring the bows for a walk just in case yeah right and that's actually you know that that early october so like season opens in the entire state here september 18th this year so september 18th every public parking lot's full september 19th half of them are full and september 20th you can go anywhere you want so like that october 1st to the third time frame is actually probably going to be like really good because it seems like people get all excited for opener and they go out opener and they realize oh god it's hot there's mosquitoes and this is mind you this is like in our habitat so hot it's 50 degrees (laughs) i mean like uh you know on a day when it's like 75 i'm like shit it's hot out right oh my god 75 is a dream (laughs) i'll be be sitting there in my board shorts yeah i mean yeah i know if it's 80 like i'm really questioning whether or not i'm gonna go like that (laughs) so yeah i mean it'll so everybody gets out they realize like god the mosquitoes suck it's hot i didn't see any deer yada 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 and like enthusiasm fades off real quick and then they'll all get back out in that late october pretty much it seems like halloween like people target halloween to be out in that weekend um so so I think, I think you guys can have, I, um, a buck that I shot pretty similar to that one. That's over on this other wall right here. I shot him October 5th, um, on, in a marsh in, in on public ground. And he's pretty nice. Um, it was a, it was a sh- real shit hunt. I just ended up wandering around in this swamp and almost ended back up in the parking lot. And I was like, fuck it. I'll just hang here. And here he comes. And it turns out I did a perfect J loop all the way around where he was bedded. Cause I walked within probably like 80 yards of him on one side and then 80 yards on another. And I wow. stepped on the other side and I just walked this, you know, he was in this real thick stuff that I didn't want to walk through and he was just bedded right in it. So he got up, walked out. I was in my tree stand for four minutes before I shot him. Nice. <laughs> so, That's but, awesome. uh, but yeah, so, I mean, they, you can definitely get, get success there. Um, and I, I think that's a great time to get out and, and scout and, and you're still going to be, like that's going to be that time frame where if those crop fields are soybeans, they're going to be yellow by that time. So they're not going to be any good. And the corn, it's not quite there and no one's really picking at that point. So, um, so I would, I would certainly take a look at um, like points that jut out into the swampier areas that have oak trees on them. Cause a lot of times they'll, they'll, they'll go out into those swampy areas um, and they'll find a little bit of high ground out there. Our, our deer don't, well, to my experience, the deer that we, that I hunt do not lay in the water. <laughs> they, yeah. They're going to find them. Right? Yeah. Right? I know you'll call them to you. It'll, you'll be like, yeah. Hey, Anthony, here's a photo of a nice buck laying in the, laying in the swamp. <laughs> I, I, I got a question for you now. When you just mentioned that deer that you made a J loop around you, uh, or that you made a uh, J loop around him. And he was in some real thick, nasty stuff. Um, when you were making that, 
loop around him. Were there like, if you can remember, were there any trails that like you can see definitely go into that thick stuff? Because we deal with a lot of hogs here. I, I don't think you guys, I don't know if you guys yeah. have any hogs up there, but the hogs will generally have those trails that go into the thickest, nastiest stuff. You're like, there's no sane animal that wants to go in there. <laughs> and it'll be a hog. It'll be a hog trail. Like, it, you know, yeah. that's definitely a hog that's going to be. So, um, in, in Wisconsin, is that something that you see trails or some sort of like small uh, opening that may go into this nasty, nasty thick stuff and probably a buck bed? Yeah. Yeah. So, no, no hogs. So, when you see that, it's very, you, you would look at it and go, how does he even get his rack through there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they do. And, and they do. What's making the trail, it, basically. They fold it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go in and open it back But, up. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I looked. Um, there is that where I – when I did the J-loop around him, um, uh, I could have cut straight across. And I did it when I scouted later that, like, after season was over, I wanted to go see where that buck was bedded. So, I just right. walked right in there. And there uh-huh. is, there is a trail that you can take wow. that goes in there, but it is, I walked through it in the winter when there was no vegetation and I don't want to walk through there again. That's so good information. That's it was, information. yeah. So you're not, yes. So if you're, if you see like some trail scooting out into a swamp or, or a trail, that's, I mean, October 1st, you're still going to have a lot of vegetation, but if you see yeah. something that's, that's headed into a really thick yeah. area, it's very likely that, that it's a deer trail, even though like the area looks like it's only two feet tall. You're like, ah, it's gotta be a coon or something. It's certainly, you know, coons will drag their belly on the ground and you can see that coons and possum. You can see that real easy. It's a real dirt, just pure mud yeah, trail. Yeah. See them all the time here. Yeah. But it, I mean, yeah, you'll see those. And yeah, I would certainly take a look at those. And if you're feeling ambitious, you know, do you guys run Onyx? Um, we work with hunt stand okay sure yeah so if you guys are on hunt stand like take a look at that and if it's you know 20 yards wide maybe take a take a take a gander and go try to crawl through that shit to get to the other side because i found that a lot of people will will stop there they'll 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 see that thick stuff and they'll be like "Ah, i'm not going through and if you're like if you look at it on hunt stand you'd be like ah it's you know it's really it's going to suck for like two minutes, but we'll make it out. And then there's this nice opening and then there's some far thick stuff over there that we should go check out. That's a good idea. That's a really nice barrier, barrier to entry for, for humans. Right. I think, I think a lot of people would also look at that and go, Oh, he's bet he's bedded in here. Like we should not go in there, but like you said, he could just be passing through some thick and nasty and going on to some other area. Exactly. So, yeah, because usually yeah. the yeah usually the DNR will have some mode trails on a lot of these pieces of public, and if and if you're seeing that coming off a mode trail and it's pretty close to the mode trail, it's unlikely that he's bedded there in early October and especially late October. It's very unlikely. Opening day, he might be, but there will be there will be enough pressure to kind of push him out of there and have him push back into his you know second and third bedding areas that he likes. Yeah, that's good to know because I've. Being that I've never been to Wisconsin, you know, I'm trying to get all the homework that I can. And, you know, if, if there's some, we've been looking over the map and such, and I can only go off what I'm seeing on the map since I've, I've never been there. But that information is really valuable because 
Um, if I do come across like a really thick, nasty area where I see it's a clear trail, obviously there's no hogs. There's a, probably a giant that lives yeah. right in there. And, uh, yeah. So the, you know, one of the camera. last year, I, last year I did this with, with pretty good success, which was I had, I was hunting, um, an area, a piece of public that I'd never hunted before and an entry point that I had never hunted before. And I could see on the map for whatever reason, there was like a two acre clear cut. Um, like the vegetation just looked different. And so when I got close to that, I kind of looked at it and it was all kind of more mature timber that I was walking through. Um, it was on the edge of a swamp. So I was walking a lot of the edges exactly like it is in Florida. There's a deer trail that goes right along the edge of that transition line. So yeah. I'm walking that transition line with the wind in my face, trying to figure out where I can get set up on one of these little areas here. Um, and I, I, I see that clear cut and I go to look at it and it's probably like five years old, six years old. And the stem count is just super thick, but there is a definitive deer trail going right into that. And it was nothing like you wouldn't even be able to get a shot off in there right? You'd get your arrow three feet before it hit a, hit a small, you know, tree. So I sat on the edge and I had two does come out of there right out, right to me. And I had one buck right at last light. I know he was a buck. I don't know. I couldn't tell you how big he was, but he came out of there too. Um, so it, it's kind of one of those things that, that was really successful for me and just seeing that trail going into that thick stuff. And I was in that more open area where I could get the shot. Like they popped out at 16 yards from me. It was just like, Whoa, wow. there they are. Right. Draw and shoot. If, if you wanted to, um, it was yeah. pretty, pretty far back. And I wasn't interested in, in shooting a doe at, at that time. Cause it was, it was late October. Um, so I was really hoping there was going to be a buck kind of scooting around out there. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's a really good, a really good tactic and taking a look at that, those, those swamps, you can, they will bet on the, on like points and high ground. Um, but like Dan Infault says, um, essentially at like in that later time of the year, you're looking at those like little islands or little chunks of high ground that are out in that marsh. And I would anticipate them coming from the, from the cattail marsh to like the yeah. ag fields or to the dry ground or to the old yeah. flat. So yeah, positioning yourself um, along those trails that run that transition line from cattails to woods and being able to also intersect the trails that are coming not, not in parallel with that transition line, but also perpendicular. I think that's a really, that's a really good idea for like a first, a first night sit where you can just see a lot, like you were saying earlier. Yeah. And you might be able to see, you know, two, three, 400 yards and be like, okay, they were over there, you know, last night, let's move over that way. Or how can we get over there? I've already got two trees picked out, you know, one for each. <laughs> like, cause I'd already been out there and yeah. I know these two trees, like we could see a real long way. So probably the first day we get out there, I don't know about him, but I'm definitely getting in one of those trees because we can, <laughs> we can cover a, you know, a really large area and see, and like one of those trees, the one I was going to put him in, there was the last night that I hunted it, there it, it was like an army of deer that came walking out right past that tree. Um, 
I, I remember it was like the craziest thing to me because I mean, this is probably normal to people that hunt in Wisconsin, but uh, the night before we saw a bunch of deer come out to this crop field and they came through that part and um, you know, the moon phase shifted just a little bit. And that last night we were really hoping this giant buck that we saw the night before was going to come right through there. Yeah. Uh, and the deer started trickling in a half hour later and it was just after shooting light. But I remember like we were sitting in our tree cause it was our last night and we we're like, well, let's just hang out, you know? And I remember hearing the deer starting to move through all of that CRP and you mm -hmm. could hear the like plants like rubbing against their bodies as they were walking through. And I just, I only ended up seeing like three or four deer when they came into the field, but I could hear like there had to be like 30 or 40 of them out there and you could right. just hear this like as they were walking yeah. through it was the craziest sound ever um pretty cool so but, yeah what do you guys have planned on the first the third are you actually going to go and, and sit or are you guys going to walk a ton or both or we're going to bring a bunch of cameras out and uh and then put them in places they hopefully won't get stolen over the month of time that you know we'll be back and hi uh, man so <laughs> we're, we're gonna try and you know put some cameras out and, and find some decent sign um and then you know the first day when we get back we, we kind of did this in kentucky as well and put out some cameras first day back we just like do a mad dash and collect all the cameras see what we got just so that we have an idea of like what bucks might be in the area um okay. just to give us sort of a starting point but like you know, like Danny said, those three days that we're scouting, probably in the mornings, we'll be, you know, probably climbing a tree and glassing for a couple hours over some, you know, big open areas and then getting down and walking through the day. Uh, you know, it'll be 75, 80, so it'll be real nice and cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hopefully in October it won't be. Well, it's going to be early October, you know, so, I mean, it, it'll be, either way, it'll be cool for us. So we'll be just yeah. walking through most of the day and, and looking for sign. I was actually wanting to ask you, though, the sign, what are we looking for that early period of October, like the first week of October? Are, are they starting to rub out of velvet yet? Are they, you know, when do they start making scrapes? Like, what should we be yeah. looking for? Yeah, they'll be out of velvet by mid-September. So most of them are going to be out of velvet in the next two weeks. Um, so we'll, we'll find rubs. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You'll find, you'll find a ton of rubs. Awesome. Um, you'll, you'll very likely find a bunch and it'll be the exact same as what you guys were talking about earlier on those transition lines. It's like any little point that sticks out. If you find um, uh, poplar trees, they look like birch trees, but they don't have the bark that peels. So mm -hmm. they're like white, essentially white naked trees, you know? Yeah, are. yeah I know exactly. What okay. You're about. So if you find a stand of those, very likely that they are all going to be rubbed up, especially if they're like, and two no. to four inches in diameter, like they will come through and that is bar none. The best rubbing activity that I ever find in swamps are those poplars. So I look for them because a lot of times they will grow like in soggier conditions so they will be little points out into marshes and those deer will come hit those first as they're coming out of the marsh or there will be, you know, it's kind of like the beacon when, when the deer are walking through the marsh, they're keeping an eye on those, those poplars. So then they can maneuver their way through and you don't get lost or whatever. Not that the deer are going to get lost, but at the same time, it's like, that's where they're headed. Um, 
So that's a great, that's a great point, but I would, you'll see, you'll see scrapes open by early October, um, first to the third, and especially the, the big ones that I would, if you find a scrape that's open, um, or even just bare dirt that looks odd and it's, you know, three, three feet in diameter, I would certainly put a camera on that. I, if I were you, I would find, and that's going to be similar to, similar to the, where the rubs are. If you're looking along transition lines and you find some rubs and you can find a scrape along that transition line, find a way to get a camera on that because that's going to be pretty good activity. And when you come back at the end of October, that's going to tell you what bucks are in the area, you yeah. know, and that, especially if you're hunting, you know, a few hundred acres or maybe even th or thousands of acres, like mm -hmm. you, that'll help you narrow down where you want to spend your time. Cause some of these, like I've noticed, so a, a prop piece of property that I hunt, it has a DNR mode trail. That's about a mile long on it. And you will start getting scrapes on that thing at about a half mile and they'll be sporadic, but there's a couple that are always in the exact same spot every year and they'll go all the way back to the mile. And the property itself is about two and a half miles long. So the, the DNR trail only goes back a mile. I will get all of my younger two and a half year olds, maybe a three and a half year old on those scrapes or a year and a half. They're all little baskets, six points, small eight points. Um, and in order to you get say small eight point, what are we talking? Here? Not the, not like a hundred inches. Okay. A small eight, um, a smaller eight in Wisconsin. You know, so in, you're Florida, not... in Florida, a hundred inches is a booner. <laughs> no so, joke, really. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, there, yeah. So, I mean, the, yeah, you're just going to get younger, younger deer. You know, yeah. the opportunity to get your three and a half year olds and older are not going to be on that main drag. They're going to be hitting those edges, um, those edges of that, of the swamps uh, on those kind of oak flats and those poplars. The poplars can be, and the rubs can be deceptive because if you guys get in there, there might be just too many. And you'd be like, all right, there's so many here. Is that good? Is that bad? Where do I key in on? Because there's too much too much um yeah. i've had that happen before too do you find that uh that bucks will like rub the same little stand of of poplars like every year like do you find rubs in the same places all the time because i already found a, a lot of rubs when i was there last time yeah they will be yeah unless yeah really unless they run out of trees to rub then you know, and I've actually seen rubs over old rubs, you know, um, yeah. on those poplars, that bark. I don't know what it is about that, that tree, but it must hold scent really well. And, um, and it's soft, it's soft wood, so they can really get into it. But yeah, I mean, if you have stands of rubs already, there's very likely that there will be more there unless there's been some sort of major shift in the terrain. Like, man, I came my the area one of the areas that i hunt have a lot of um ear like they're like ir essentially irrigation ditches like mm -hmm. a long time ago when it was ag they dug out these irrigation ditches like you know 200 yards straight lines just you know four feet deeper than everything else yeah. and this spring i went back in there and the wisconsin dnr had filled all of those in 
and they had created little duck ponds all over the place. So like a lot of the deer travel was based on walking the edges of those irrigation ditches. And now I have no idea what's going to happen because now that, because there were trees along those irrigation ditches, there were, there was cover along those. So there were trails along those and now all that shit's gone. So I'm going to be doing some observation sits out there. It's like, I have no idea how they're going to use this property. Now it's going to be totally different. Neither do they. Right. Yeah, I know. What line do I follow now? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, exactly. So it's good. And it's, and it's, I was in there turkey hunting this year. And there's, um, there's a few trees that I picked out turkey hunting that I'm like, I can sit here and see 400 yards all around me. So this is probably where I'm going to end up, you know, a couple of times, just taking a look at everything. I saw something, what I felt was really weird over there. I don't know if this is normal to you guys, but, um, so there was a parking lot, uh, at, at this piece. And like I said, there was like, um, uh, like ag fields that were public land. And then there's like these little strips of wood sort of separating like three or four ag fields. And there's like a walking trail sort of going through there. And you could tell it was like a place for people to like walk their dogs and stuff. There was like little, uh, you know, the little dog, the like poop baggies, <laughs> little station and, and yeah. stuff. And there's like little stream going through there. And it's like little bridges going over it. And I, I kind of walked through there to go to the other side of the ag field. And I'm like, what the hell there's just freaking rubs like on this this like it's not paved but it's just like a well-beaten yeah. path that you can tell people are walking down <laughs> constantly these deer seem to be just like walking over the bridges and yeah. then like getting over the bridge and being like i'm hitting this tree you know and then just <laughs> rubbing the crap out of a tree and it'd be like two feet away from one of these little bridges yeah, and there was yeah. like a bunch of these there was rubs all over this like dog trail is that i mean like i walked in there i was like holy crap there's so many deer here they're like running out of trees they're hitting everything is that like i mean what what do you make of that like is is that something that's overlooked should i focus on that or or just maybe on like november 6th yeah maybe on like just go ahead and the bridge (laughs) <laughs> like are they are these just like dumb young bucks that that just don't know any better or is there something it's, I should be yeah when i've set them? when i've set cameras so that's that's a question that i've always asked myself too is like am i overlooking this right because yeah dude if i could sit 50 yards from my truck and kill a nice buck you damn right i would um we like looking put, for overlooked things all the time. Yeah, yeah when i put in my i've done this a couple times maybe yeah two or three times that i can think of off the top of my head um it has been younger deer at night that do it so yeah. it's not it, it's you'll find tracks on the dog trails and i have walked them too I, I i see tracks in my tracks um and a lot of the times it's younger deer it's just younger not not super intelligent deer um but i and the tracks can look big you know um but at the same time (laughs) yeah so but yeah at the same time i wouldn't i wouldn't spend your time there unless you see something there well i but the the interesting thing though is so this is on one side of this parking lot you walk across the street from that parking lot and i'm talking right across the street there's like a little canal and that giant eight point i was talking about I, I heard him rubbing 
on a tree that had to be not even 75 yards from the parking lot. Yeah. And he was, so, he I mean, was maybe, a giant. Yeah. Well, then Tim that's Brady. totally, I mean, that's totally feasible if they were, if he doesn't get disturbed over there, he's got a nice little bedding. He's got a nice little out. He can watch the parking lot or hear the parking lot and see what's coming and going from there. Um, and this was mid-October too, so I, we basically didn't see any other hunter. We saw one other hunter the entire time we were out there for a week. Yeah, so. yeah, and that's that's one of the nice, night, good and bad things about that area of the state is you're not going to have a whole lot of hunters, but that also gives the deer a lot of space to go, right? Um, so you can't really like narrow them down to specific areas, or you you can, but they can always just jet off somewhere else. Um, yeah, I, I would, I mean, keep an eye on if you're, if you see like that dog trail area, like where are those deer coming from? Where do you think they're headed to? And is that in some thicker, nastier stuff that you can hunt, you know, where could you likely catch them in daylight? And if, and if he was 75 yards from the parking lot, was that like at last light or late in the evening? Yeah, it was, it was right at last light, but I watched him come from across the CRP. And okay. like basically to the, he must've almost walked into the parking lot <laughs> and then, and then he turned around and like, he basically used the road to cross uh, this little canal that was there. He like walked to the edge of the canal, went around it and then hit a rub and then came walking out like 60 yards from where I was. And it was right at, right at like, dark, basically. yeah, dude, I have had, I did, I went back, I had a friend that I met, I did a study abroad, went to Australia. Friend of mine came from Australia, an Australian dude, straight up crocodile Dundee, crazy mother, comes <laughs> with me and we go out. He, he's big hunter. We go out hunting. And I'm like, I'm going to show this guy. We go a mile and a half back on, on the Wisconsin river. We're way back tucked in there. There's rubs. We're in this little canal, this little ditch between two big um big wood lots and we can see like 80 yards each direction and every tree in this ditch is rub like there's like 40 of 40 rubs and i'm like this is gonna be money we're late october we're in it didn't see a deer get back to the truck and there is a pope and young standing 50 yards from my truck <laughs> in the path that we walked out on with two does and i was like are you kidding me because he and and he was within 100 yards of a house as well like what is going on so things sometimes right yeah i mean you can't you can't predict everything um and and they do they do weird shit sometimes and you just it is what it is i just i chalk them up to one-offs and it's unlikely to happen again yeah <laughs> Well, I'm excited. I, this was really helpful information. I think this is really going to help us hone in on, on some deer. So I'm excited to see what we can make of it. Yeah, I hope. I mean, maybe I can swing up and join you guys and just mess around. Maybe we can do an on-site podcast on the third or something like that. I'm not sure, but I'm excited to hear what you guys, what you guys come across, what you guys see, if you guys can, you know, notch a tag. Um, do you guys get doe tags as well? Yeah, well, the area that we're gonna hunt, I think you like automatically get three. Okay, isn't yeah. there like areas where it's like agricultural areas? You automatically get three tags or something. Yeah, where I one of the places that I hunt, I automatically yeah my farm. Yeah. This year I only got two, 
So, but last year you get three. And yeah. I, I think you can always buy more. We're going to fill all of them. <laughs> any, <laughs> any chance, any chance that. That. Don't worry. I know Good. you guys have a deer problem. We're coming to help. All so. right. Fantastic. If you're will, if you're wanting to shoot anything, man, I would I would highly suggest not anything. I mean, no, like any, does. any doe, any yeah, doe. Yeah. But, if know. you're looking to just crush a doe, crush does, I would highly suggest acorns on the edge of that of the cattails. If you can find those and just walk through there when you guys are scouting midday and you find tracks and you you'll probably find a scrape if they're in there, like that's a good a good spot well during those first three days i don't think we'll be flinging arrows at any does that's gonna be that's not gonna happen because then we have to deal with it you know uh (laughs) so the only thing i'm uh, the only thing i'm flinging an arrow at is gonna be a nice buck uh in those three days but then when we come back a month later does are does are on the menu nice some of the things that we look at down here is for example if uh like for the rut um we'll look for areas that hold a lot of does because the chances are higher that one of those does are going to be coming into mm-hmm. uh, the or whatever they do. Um, so I would imagine is that would, wouldn't that be similar for you guys? Like if you find an area like those acorns on the edge of those um, CRP fields, wouldn't, if you find a bunch of uh, like an area that's holding a bunch of does, wouldn't that be wise to sit on that? Either yeah. For the, the tactic the, the the tactic i i've talked to a lot of people about and one i just talked to a guy the other day about is if you can find the it's not necessarily the the oaks the acorns that you want to target if if you're if you're like looking for that rut activity in late october early november it's actually what you're going to want to look for is trails between like doe bedding areas yeah. So if, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you guys, one of the suggestions, October 1st to the third, walk around and see if you can kick out does and mark those because that's, that's a spot that where they like to bed. Right. Yeah. So if, if you can go kick out does and know where those spots are in the future and be like, all right, well, we kicked out does here. We also kicked out does 200 yards away. Is there some sort of trail connecting these two? And yeah. if there is like, find that because they will run you know, the does, it's not like, it's not like, um, Florida where they're, where they're coming into asterisk, like essentially, it kind of seems like any time based on water, um, they'll, they'll, you'll get some early, you know, in, in late October or even mid October, you'll start seeing some chasing and some dogging and whether or not yeah. that means it's a hot doe or just a dipshit buck, I don't know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, uh, but as, as it heats up, the percentage of does that are in estrus increases. So you'll get, you could get one bedding area where there's six does and all six of them are in estrus. It's, it's yeah. really rare, but it, it, it's possible. And then at that point, um, you know, you're looking at bucks that are just trying to like, which one do I pick type of thing, right, you know, right. and you can get, but you also get the exact same effect. Like you had Dan, where you, had all the action in your area and no one else had any other action. Um, that certainly happens as well. Um, very, it happens all the time. Um, I was just talking about on another podcast. I had, I think I had like five or six bucks on camera, um, in an area. And in one afternoon, I saw all of them in, in like a 10 acre chunk 
And they were all in there because there was a hot dough in there and there must not have been another hot dough in the area because all of them were right there. So um, you can certainly get that as well. And at that point, you know, you're just not texting Mark and you're just sitting patient and waiting. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? We definitely text a lot when we're in our trees. (laughs) You guys, you guys hunt uh, solo with a camera or you guys together in a tree? Uh, we hunt, we usually self film, uh, but we have kind of started taking on some, uh, some camera guys to help out. So yeah, that's right. That's Massachusetts boy. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that's, that's something else. I mean, when we're in Wisconsin, we're going to have to self film. Yeah. Um, we're not, yeah. we're not to the point where we can fly somebody else up and, and all that stuff. So that's something that we have taken into consideration. You know, if we're going to set up on an edge of the, thickets where you were saying you know it's a, a buck's going through a tiny little window we have to consider that because we'll have to back up enough where that if a buck does come out of there we're able to get him on film grab our bow range him and then go ahead and, <laughs> and oh, draw yeah. and yes. get it all on film so, one nice thing about these out-of-state hunts kind of though is there's a limited amount of bucks we can shoot so when one of us tags out and that person becomes a cameraman so usually yeah. Danny becomes the cameraman after about three days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just tag out. Best case scenario, one of us tags out in those first three days when we're scouting, yeah. and they're just cameraman for the rest of the trip. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah man, for sure. And if I have 98 uh, Wisconsin book, I'm tagging out. <laughs> oh, man. I would hold out, Danny. I would hold out. <laughs> If I see a big buck, I mean, honestly, we're, we're not about inches really, but if, if I'm walking around those first three days and I see a buck that gets my blood pumping and gives me a great opportunity, I'm, I'm tagging it. Like, so, and this buck behind me, he's two and a half. He was aged at two and a half. Oh my God. I, I don't know if I would be <laughs> able to not shoot that buck, honestly. Like, I would you have to keep in mind, like, yeah, like, what we're what we're used to i would I mean, yeah oh i'm not done. i'm not gonna yes take them dude whatever i'm not uh i'm not an inch dude either i i like whatever makes the other person happy and makes them feel fulfilled like if that makes you feel fulfilled fucking drill them right i, I mean, don't care. you know we we might come out and shoot something like that and be just you know tickled pink with it and and then you know, maybe we come while back you're, while you're like, gutting it. You're going to see that tanker and be like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but I mean, you know, and then we might come back a couple years later and then, you know, we might want to hold out for something a little nicer, but if exactly. it gets me going, if it gets me pumped up, I'm taking it. I mean, you know, one of the things that we've learned these out of state hunts, you have a limited amount of time to make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that old saying, don't pass something on the first day that you'd be happy with on the yeah. last. And, uh, you know, uh, last time I came, I was like, I'm not shooting this little six point, but I'll tell you on that last day, I was like, damn, I would have shot that six point if he walked (laughs) out right now, you know? And Danny, Danny had a similar kind of thought process when we were in Kentucky, he had seen a giant buck, uh, like, I think it was like a 12 point and, and it was with a really big eight point. Uh, but it was before shooting light and they walked by like 17 yards or something. And then later that day, the big eight came out and he was like, well, I don't, I don't see the 12 and I don't know if he's coming, you know, and Danny took the shot and I mean, he drilled him. It was a freaking awesome shot. 
and that 12 point never showed up. So, yeah. you know, he or made the right call. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, Perfect scenario. He had no clothes there. He was eating flowers. It was like perfect. <laughs> oh, like this Bambi awesome. said. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, no, I hope you guys have a have some good success too. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be texting back and forth um, as you guys move up and and check this stuff out and whatnot. I'm happy to provide any insight that I can and hopefully steer you guys in the right direction. But I'm yeah, obviously you guys know what you're doing. It's pretty similar to what you're hunting back home and if you can find that pinch between two pieces of water i love hunting water because it deters human and it humans and it forces deer to a certain area um and our our as my experience the deer will almost always take the dry ground and not go through the water Hmm. so around here yeah so anyway all right so um any any closing closing statements boys can we uh, can we plug a giveaway yeah. that we're doing? Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we have a giveaway going on right now. I think we're announcing the winner in like two weeks. Um, so if uh, if you go to any of our latest videos, you'll find a link down in the description. We're giving away a saddle and a platform uh, from Tethered, uh, and the winner is going to get to pick out whichever saddle, whichever platform they like, um, and you know it's going to be like a whole kit. It's going to have tethers, all that all that good stuff so it's totally free to sign up uh just go find the link in the description of some of our latest videos and uh get signed up all right yeah and it's uh it's so for everybody listening it's it's swamp and stomp so just the letter n swamp and stomp and it's on youtube yeah i like your logo it's pretty slick it's like a half uh a duck and an antler together yeah we, we we haven't talked about that at all but we do some duck hunting as well we definitely we definitely like great. deer hunting the most so. <laughs> don't quit yeah <laughs> oh that's awesome all right well yeah thanks for coming on guys i'm sure we'll be in touch and if you guys want to follow them follow them on on instagram follow their stories um for sure through october um and, and early november when they're up in wisconsin but also just just in general sounds like they lay down some awesome footage i've watched a couple of the videos they look good so yeah they do lay down some awesome footage and you guys can follow along with their story and everything thanks for popping on guys and for everybody listening if you enjoyed the podcast want to learn more um hit that subscribe button and also we do have the whitetail series coming up which is about six or seven episodes per month um on essentially per time frame of the season so we'll have an early season a pre-rut a rut and a late season um section coming out where all we're doing is talking tactics about that and and we're going to be releasing the episodes about a week before the actual time frame happens so you can take the tactics that you use that you hear in the podcast and you can actually deploy them this year because that always frustrates the hell out of me when i hear a podcast it's like oh you know, it's December 15th and the rut's already over, you know, so why am I listening to this rut podcast? So that always frustrates me. So throwing that out there, if you guys want to listen to that. Um, and the last thing, if you guys um, want to support the people who support me, I would go check out Venado. It's V-E-N-A-D-O. That's Venado. It's uh, shopvenado.com. They're a shop Venado on, uh, on Instagram great company make some awesome clothing and then also vector custom shop and onyx maps 
Vector Custom Shop makes uh, arrows. So if you need any help building the arrows, you got some front of center problems or you're, you're not tuning well or anything like that, hit up Isaac and the boys over there. They'll help you out. And then also Onyx Maps. Um, if you're looking for a good GPS mapping app, certainly uh, take a look at them. They have all the public private land boundaries and uh, an awesome, awesome app for all your waypoints. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Catch you later.